Happy New Year's, church family. Or as we like to say in Korean, 새해 복 많이 받으세요. I hope that you had a wonderful Christmas with your loved ones and a blessed beginning to this new year. Even in the midst of what has been and continues to be an incredibly challenging time in all of our lives, my prayer has been that you would have eyes to see the ways in which God is at work. You see, God is always up to something good because God is always at work, even when we're not aware of it. As the scripture reminds us in 1 Corinthians 2.9, may we have eyes to see and ears to hear what God has prepared for those who love him. As you know, today is Testimony Sunday. And today I'm especially reminded of how much I miss us being together corporately in this space to worship God together. Being together to hear stories of God at work and the lives of our brothers and sisters has always been a highlight of the calendar year for me. But before we hear from our friends, I wanted to share a word about our ongoing Defiant Faith Challenge. Um, I was blessed with an incredible gift this Christmas church. Uh, It's a painting entitled 365 Days with Dad. As you can see, it's a painting of an infant sound asleep in the hands of a father. And the person who had the painting commissioned for me texted this. The painting is based on the many times I've heard you talk about how important being a good dad to your children is to you. This translates to being the good pastor that you are to so many. It all begins at home. Well, as you could imagine, I was deeply touched and moved by the gift and the message. But as I sat there looking at the painting, a familiar scripture passage came to mind in a new and fresh way. Isaiah 41.10 says, Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. And I heard the gentle voice of the Holy Spirit say to me, Peter, that child is you. And I hold you in my victorious right hand. See, The right hand in the Bible signifies a place of honor or strength and power. And as I thought about all that we've been through this year in a very uncertain 2021, I was reminded, church, by the Holy Spirit that the promise of God is not that we are safe or immune from the pain, trouble, and sorrow of this broken and messed up world. Rather, the promise is that the one who has overcome this broken and messed up world holds us, holds you always in his hands. And he says in Isaiah 43, 2, when you go through the deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. See, no matter what you go through this year, no matter what comes your way, the promise of your Heavenly Father is that He holds you in His hands, child of God. And nothing and no one can ever snatch you out of it. 
He will sustain you and give you the strength and the help that you need. And you too can say, like the psalmist in Psalm 131 too, I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother, like a weaned child is my soul within me. And anchored in this truth of his tender mercy and care for you, you can live with defiant faith. With confident assurance, you can live with the tenacious, unyielding trust in God that defies circumstances, obstacles, and impossibilities. You can live with faith that says the hand that created the cosmos and sustains every atom, the hand that opened blind eyes and expelled evil spirits, the hand that was nailed to the cross, that hand holds me. And secure in his hands, I will seek to live and love in 2021 for his glory and his fame. I don't know what 2021 will hold, but I do know who holds me. So I choose worship over worry and gratitude over grumbling. And yes, defiant faith over fear. Church, I want to challenge us. Let's unleash defiant faith this year. Let's live with the tenacious, unyielding trust in God that ultimately becomes the platform upon which the strength, wisdom, and beauty of God can be revealed to a darkened world. Adversity gives birth to greatness. Greater the challenge, greater the opportunity. So let's seize the opportunity that we have to exercise defined faith by living generously, living prayerfully, and living in the word. I love the fact that I pastor a church that loves a good challenge. When you're challenged, new community, you respond. In response to the challenge to live generously, here's what you've already done. We closed the month of December at over $108,000, which was over $43,000 over the budgeted need. So for the first time in a long time, we're starting the new year on a surplus. And we praise God for that. You did that, church. In the midst of so much economic uncertainty, where people are living with scarcity mentality, looking to their finances for their security, you, church, said, no, I'm not going to place my security on my finances. That God will not come through. Instead, I will place my security in the hands of my Heavenly Father who knows what I need and will provide for me and my family. So I'm going to seek His kingdom first, trusting that He'll take care of me. So what about you and me? Have you prayed about what living with the defiant faith in regards to your finances will look like this year? What commitments have you prayerfully made? Listen, having a ton of people filling out those commitment cards wasn't our primary aim. People will fill out commitment cards and never follow through on them all the time. No, our primary aim was to have you carefully and prayerfully think about what living a lifestyle of generosity would look like in 2021. So take some time to be alone with the Lord and listen to what he might say. Uh, speaking of being alone with the Lord and listening to Him, as we begin this new year, we're launching the second part of our Defiant Faith Challenge. We are challenging you, church, to be a people of the Word. 
Uh, unfortunately, I will not be preaching a sermon series on this in January. So here is my pastoral exhortation to you. Reading the Bible is not what I should do. It's what I need to do. I need time in God's word like I need food and water. People do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God, Jesus said. Like a child needs to hear their parents say to them, I love you. We need to hear our Heavenly Father speak to us in His Word and remind us of our belovedness. We need to be reminded that His grip on us is stronger than our grip on Him. We need to hear that nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Practically speaking, Studies have shown that habits will eat willpower for breakfast. Some 40% of what you and I do, both good and bad, are habits that have been formed. This is why for some of us, it's been so hard connecting with God lately. It's like we go for days and weeks without ever spending time with God, and then we get all convicted and try and do better. But that really works. And that's why it's so critical to establish good habits of being in the Word on a daily basis. Listen, I get asked all the time what spiritual disciplines have been most formative in my walk with Jesus. And without hesitation, I tell them that it's been the habit of reading through the entire Bible in a year through daily reading plans. All my other critical disciplines like silence, solitude, and Sabbath are all the more richer because of my time in the Word. It's being anchored in truth and meditating on whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, whatever is excellent or praiseworthy, His Word, that's anchored me more than anything else in my walk with Jesus. I read a recent article that said that Bible reading among Christians dramatically decreased this past year during the pandemic, and that isn't surprising at all. This pandemic has completely disrupted our lives in so many ways. But here's my challenge to you this morning, church. What will you do in order to be a follower of Jesus who is living in the Word this year? Will you do everything that you can to cultivate the habit of being in His Word on a daily basis? We have provided the resources. The question is, will you commit to being a disciple of the Word, not just through reading, but studying, meditating, memorizing the Word? If you struggle with the need of discipline to do this, then I want to encourage you to ask your community to do it with you. Find a couple other people who will encourage you and keep you accountable. You know, we spent the entire fall talking about spiritual warfare. Remember, it's not a power encounter. It's a truth encounter. You and I are fighting the father of lies and deception. That's his primary weapon. But God's given you and me the armor. We have the armor of truth on our side. So let's appropriate what God has already given us, the word, the self-revelation of creator God, and use it. What a gift. What a gift. Well, now it's time for us to hear the wonderful stories of God at work through our brothers and sisters. For those of you that are new to New Community, here's why we have Testimony Sunday on the first Sunday of the new year. See, it's not just an opportunity for us to hear about God's work in other people's lives. It's an opportunity for us to remember God's work, both big and small, in our lives. 
You see, whatever you are going through, if you do not take time to reflect and remember how God has acted in the past, you will not experience him in the present and you will not trust him for the future. This is why the Bible constantly says, remember, remember, remember. To live the full life that God intends for you, you have to keep remembering how God has taken care of you. So today is a day that we intentionally set aside to remember. That's why we do what we do. We're not very good at remembering. We don't take time to remember. And so as we hear about how God has worked in the lives of our brothers and sisters, don't just listen passively, listen actively by remembering how God has acted in your life. Now, there are some of you who are still in the midst of the struggle and you're saying, I don't want to remember. I want to forget 2020 as soon as I can. No, I want to challenge you to remember how God used amazing people to carry you through 2020. I want you to remember that you grew from it in ways that you never would have otherwise. I want you to remember how you sense God coming to you and unexpected ways. Even in the midst of hard, difficult seasons, it is spiritually critical for you and me to remember God's hand in the midst of it all. Through many dangers, toils, and snares, we've already come to His grace that has brought us safe thus far, and it is grace that will lead us home. I pray that you'll be blessed by these wonderful stories. Hi everyone, my name is Anna. I've been attending NUCOM for about four and a half years. Hello NUCOM, my name is Nora Sattler. I'm the mother of Constance Irvins. Hi NUCOM family, my name's Brian Bridgman and I've been at NUCOM for 17-ish years. So I'm an old timer. Hello, Newcom family. My name is Nari. I have been attending Newcom for about six months now. Good morning. My name is Hannah Snewink, and I've been attending Newcom since May, so for about seven months now. Hi, my name is Sarah, and I have been um, attending Newcom since this past September. Um, I think the beginning of the pandemic was the hardest for me when the protocols were changing. I work as a nurse, I worked at University of Chicago Hospital, um, and I felt just stressed and I felt alone and dejected because um, the frontline workers, we didn't know what was going on with the protocols changing. And I remember praying and asking God to open my eyes like he did um, Elisha's servant in First Kings. Um, and he did through you all at the church. So many of you guys texted me that you were praying for me and thinking of me, um, celebrating with me when I got a negative COVID result. Um, and it really answered the prayer um, that I was praying through First Kings. Elisha says, don't be afraid. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Um, and my friendships at Newcom definitely are not perfect. Um, some of them are more half-baked. You wish you could go deeper with them. COVID was further hindrance to going deeper in some. Um, 
But I'm reminded of the verse in Hebrews 12, where it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, and it reminds me of you all at the church um, surrounding me as witnesses in living a life of faith, so that we can run with perseverance the race that is set before us. Um, so even though I'm not there in person anymore, I still consider you all my brothers and sisters, and I still continue to be grateful for you all and hope that we can keep in touch. I thank the Olga for 2020. I started 2020 needing surgery for a thyroid condition. My thyroid was removed and they found cancerous nodules. I have not received any additional treatments and I'm fine. That is the work of God. I was working a contract position that ended the end of January. I was unemployed the entire month of February, started a new position in March, COVID hit, my position was cut. March 20th was the last day I worked this year. God has provided for me, Newcom assisted, but for this entire year, my rent has been paid every month. My bills have been paid every month. That is the work of God. God also recently gave me an opportunity with a contracting firm. And it's nothing but the hand of God through the entire process. The company that I, I signed on with is very particular and they put you through a lot of testing. God sailed me through every test with flying colors. God also opened a way for me to be matched with a client who is a church. I am so excited about this because I feel like God was all over this process. And I, I could see the hand of God just ushering me through the entire thing. If you trust God and you lean on your faith and you lean into God, He will bless your life. Now through this year, I have also grown so much spiritually. I have really taken a deeper dive into my Bible study. I have joined additional Bible studies. And God also opened another door for me to lead a Bible study starting in January. Now, when 2020 began, I had no idea that I would go through everything I've gone through this year. But through everything that happened in my life, I saw God's blessings. I'm just, I'm so encouraged and so inspired by how God has moved in my life. He is growing me. He is using me. And that makes me feel amazing. Because God does not need my help. But God saw fit to use me to spread his word. I am thankful for that. I feel compelled to speak with you today about grief specifically. 
Now, this year we've all kind of had to become experts at grieving, and it's been bizarre for me because four years ago, um, my my wife Amy she she passed away from cancer, and um, it's been strange seeing what I've been struggling with and what I've been working through, basically projected onto the national and the world stage. So it's been weird. Um, but I think one way I'm trying to deal with it is um, by sharing some truth. And I have four truths that I've learned uh, in my journey through grief. And I hope that it will help you out um, personally today. So the first truth that I've learned is it's okay not to be okay. Now, a lot of people in America right now are basically acting as if nothing bad is happening. Um, or, you know, there's kind of the opposite reaction where they're acting like nothing good will ever happen again. Um, I've been in denial before, and I have to say, it doesn't help. Grief does not go away if you ignore it. It just sits there, waiting for you to pay attention to it. Um, now, the more you work on it, the less power it has over you. But if you ignore it, it just sits there like the proverbial banana peel on the Rainbow Road, just waiting for you to drive your Mario Kart right over it and just slip off into the void. Um, so, yeah, you, you have to you have to meet yourself where you are now. While it's OK not to be OK, it's not OK to use your grief as a justification to treat people badly. Um, and I think Viktor Frankl, uh, he tells the story very well that illustrates this. Uh, the day he got released uh, from a Nazi prison camp, he was walking with his friends across this farmer's field. Now they are literally walking out of the prison camp to freedom but they had to cut over this farmer's field uh, to get to the main road. So what happened was one of his friends started walking like on this farmer's crops, you know, their new sprouts. So he's stepping on them uh, and, you know, he's killing this guy's crops. So then Victor points this out and he's like, hey, you're killing this guy's food. And his friend just reacts like, where was he? When I was starving in this prison camp for three years, why should I care about him? So, the author points out that we often justify horrifying behavior because we were mistreated ourselves. And that's not right. Or, I think Emily DeLue pointed this out last sermon. Hurt people hurt people. So, if you're hurting, my third point is this. Get help. Please get help. Swallow your pride. Ask for a counselor. Our church, our church wants to help you so much. 
They've helped me so much. I'm not sure I would still be alive if it wasn't for our church family. The Girons, the Noonans, the Stevens, Pastor Peter, Emily, Mark, Alicia, and Daniel. Uh, you know, these are all people who have prayed for me and lifted me up. So they've helped me on this journey, and they could help you too. So my last point to you is that this, basically all of this in general, won't last forever. Coronavirus will end. White supremacy will die. Injustice will be reversed. Racial prejudice will wither away like a vine that's had its roots pulled up. And the kingdom of God will renew all things. The kingdom of God is advancing. We just have to have eyes to see it. So thank you very much. And may God bless you. And may he speak to you today through these other testimonies. I think that I have often, for most of my life, related to God as um, one who expects obedience and that is not false but I think I I felt very shy um, hesitant even fearful of actually asking for things very specifically um, that related to the desires of my heart and my default um, way of operating was always God how can I be more available to being in the center of your will how can I do what you're calling me to do I think that this is a good thing. It's a very good thing. Um, and it's kind of grace as well to have that posture um, as one goes through life. But but I do think that, um, again, if it's born from a place of not being fully secure in the fact that I am beloved and that God has given me freedom. So basically, this is a story about um, the way that God delights to answer specific prayers Um, that are born of desire. And uh, I had this kind of faith moment of saying, God, like, I'm going to actually move to Chicago because I want to be a part of Newcom, actually. Um, After hearing about it, kind of participating in sermons, meeting people in the community, visiting Chicago, like, pretty regularly since uh, fall of 2018, and just being, like, so moved and so stirred up in my spirit um, every time I stepped foot um, in a Newcom service and always leaving the church saying, God, I want to be a part. If there's any way that I could possibly have an opportunity to move to Chicago, uh, specifically and largely for this church community, um, and and the chance to participate in what you're doing here, um, I am asking that that would um, be something that you would allow. My heart is just drawn um, to this city and to this place and to especially Newcom. and the brothers and sisters that I've met there who challenge me and who are living out um, bold, you know, hard, um, incredible things and um, also struggling through things and working them out and being real and raw and vulnerable um, and relying on your spirit in real ways and seeking the welfare of their city um, in ways that I just find incredibly provoking in an awesome way. And um, I was like, I feel slightly uncomfortable asking for you to make this happen. But I pray that um, 
it just would be awesome for me to be able to, to move here. And I actually prayed it, right? As opposed to just kind of wishfully um, thinking things. And essentially what unfolded uh, in the next months was essentially an opportunity to go to Chicago. Um, I did the generosity of friends um, who are actually at Newcom, or, or were at Newcom, um, who opened their homes to me uh, while I tried to find um, an additional way to support myself to live in Chicago. It's really been something that strikes me as the favor of God, um, even though I'm also just every month, it's just like, God, I don't know if I can be here another month, you know, um, can I support myself another month? Um, where and how will your provision come? I have a lot of questions. I have a lot of uncertainties. You know, the fact that it is actually pretty challenging, at times really lonely um, to be um, working two jobs and um, both of them being early stage startups and uh, really just, yeah, clinging to the mercies that God has given me each day. And it kind of blows my mind that I was visiting Chicago um, last year in 2019, sitting in like the fourth or fifth pew and listening to actually Testimony Sunday happening, um, funnily enough, and just being just so moved again and just like, Lord, like, I don't know where this desire comes from, but I, I think it's very worthwhile to move to a place or desire to move to a place uh, because of a church. Um, and I remember thinking that, and then eventually several months later after that, praying that, and then the fact that I'm able to um, be a part of this community, to be sharing um, this story, right, that has provided. And nonetheless, on Testimony Sunday a year later, it is remarkable to me. It is the grace of God in my life, and I am just very encouraged. So in August of 2019, I started a season of uncertainty in my faith. Deconstruction is the popular word, I think, for what I was experiencing, and I am still to some degree. I was about to start a student leadership position um, at Moody Bible Institute, which is where I go to school, and I didn't expect to have the rug ripped out from under me right as I began that role. I felt a lot of disappointment and confusion because that's really what it felt like was happening. I had been so excited to step into this role of, of spiritual leadership of my fellow students, but I didn't know how to do that if I didn't even know which way was up, especially at a Bible college where I thought I was expected to have my walk with God together, whatever that means. I was disillusioned with the Christianity I had been raised in, and I was sick of the cliches that I encountered on a daily basis. It's crazy for me to say that being in, being in quarantine in 2020 was a means of God's grace to me. I love my life at Moody, and it felt like that too was being taken away from me. But God used that time away from the intensity of academic theology and Bible college subculture to let the dust settle on the disruption I was experiencing in my faith. It was during that initial quarantine phase that God brought me to Newcom. Just saying that out loud makes me smile. God has used this church to make me feel known and seen in a way I hadn't even dared to hope for. Pastor Peter and Constance and Emily and so many others spoke the truth of scripture in a way I knew was genuine because they did it while they engaged with the pain of the world, which we saw so much of this year. 
There's still a lot of uncertainty for me, but God has met me here. He's used this church to nurture my passions for justice and for diversity and for worship. And I'm so grateful to him and to all of you for what you're teaching me. I give thanks to you, oh God. Um, so earlier this year, um, I was attending a church um, and that church was just going through a lot of leadership transitions and um, infighting. Um, it was a season that was really hurtful, that was really confusing. It was a really scary decision to um, leave that church, um, especially with COVID and everything going on. Um, I knew that um, I needed community, um, especially um, in this time. And um, yeah, I wasn't sure that I wanted to do that work again, that work of joining another church, that work of getting to know people, um, just all of it. Um, and so um, I had a friend who texted me kind of randomly knowing that, um, you know, it was that kind of a time. and. It was a link to a new comm service. Um, I had actually forgotten about the text, to be honest. And um, I was texting about something else, and I was like, "Oh, I missed. I missed that message. I need. I should listen to this." So, um, you know, I clicked on the link. I was watching the service, um, the recorded service online, and um, I saw someone that I recognized, uh, Ruth. I recognized her because she was my small group leader when I was um, in college. And it's crazy because she looks pretty much the same. Um, and it was just such a word from the Lord. I was listening, um, you know, while doing other things as, as I do in this season of COVID. And um, I stopped what I was doing and I just, I started crying. And it was just such a powerful reminder of community um, and the work of community and that it's worth it. Um, so... I reached out to her. Um, I didn't have her phone number at the time, but we are friends on Instagram. So I messaged her on Instagram and I just kind of thanked her um, for what she had shared um, and just kind of shared that, you know, it really meant a lot to me. And um, Ruth responded, um, eventually asking if I wanted to check out a life group. And so um, that was kind of the perfect time. I had recently left um, my former church. And so um, a couple hours after that, I think um, she sent me a link to um, a life group. And a couple hours after that, I found myself, um, yeah, uh, getting an email forwarded from Brielle uh, with a link to the young adults group um, for later that night. So um, I joined that group um, all in the same day. And um, it was kind of weird, I think, because it's the Zoom small group and I wasn't really sure what to expect. Um, and in one of the breakout groups, um, we had this question, which was, what are you looking forward um, to growing in this season? And I remember contemplating sharing this or not because I didn't want to come off as being, I don't know, weird or something. But um, I ended up sharing about wanting to be more effective in engaging in spiritual warfare in this upcoming season. Um, it's something that I have been studying for a while on my own and in different groups. Um, and, and yeah, so I, I kind of just shared that thinking that I might never see these people again. <laughs> that I might never join this group again. And in that group, there was a girl in that breakout group, there was a girl named Anna, who I remember I was sharing that and she just immediately like 
responded, um, which you could see like over the video. And I was like, oh no, did I like scare people? <laughs> I shouldn't have shared that. And um, to my surprise, she shared that uh, Newcom was starting a sermon series on spiritual warfare that, that Sunday. And I was blown away. Um, I've never heard of a church doing a series on spiritual warfare, and it just felt like the only thing that would um, keep pulling me in. And, and so I was like, this is crazy. Um, I, I have to be there. I have to listen to the sermon series. This is, this is amazing. Um, so that was um, all in one day. I remember signing off of that Zoom thinking, God is, God is at work. It was just one of those reminders that I am not in control um, and that God sees me and has orchestrated so many things, um, both in me and outside of me, to bring me to this place. Um, the story doesn't end there. Um, I was also, um, later that week, I, I wanted to join the prayer meeting. Um, I saw that there was a weekly prayer meeting that Newcom posted online, and so um, prayer is something that I've always really valued. And um, I was like, well, if I'm going to check out a church, I want to see what their prayer gatherings are like. So um, I signed on the Zoom wanting just to, you know, be a fly on the wall. Hopefully no one would notice that I was there, um, <laughs> which was not the case. Um, but yeah, little did I know, but these, um, these prayer times were so healing for me. And... Um, I think that first week was particularly healing. Um, I It was particularly healing as I signed on. Um, I didn't turn my video on because I didn't want people to see this. <laughs> uh, tears and all of that. Um, and I remember that week, there was um, there was someone who shared. It might have been um, I forget if it was CC or if it was Pradeep. Um, someone shared just really vulnerably and, and honestly, and it was such a refreshing change to my more recent experiences with church leadership. Just to hear, yeah, to hear someone share vulnerably and honestly and ask for prayer was so refreshing and healing to hear um and so yeah so that first week of prayer it was just really powerful um and I have pretty much kept going ever since then you know minus a few weeks here and there um and yeah it's just been such a space of healing um not just for me but I think also for a handful of others I've seen it as a space that welcomes other newcomers as well and um yeah it's just been so it's been so good um so I'm just really thankful for how God has brought me to such a place um I think I've just been amazed at people's thoughtfulness I've been amazed um at how I have felt valued and heard even as um, a stranger, I guess, um, never meeting most of these people in person. Um, yeah. And so another, you know, there's, there's been a lot of other things that have gone on as well. Um, but I think for me, the miracle is that I am excited about church again, um, which 
I, I didn't imagine that I'd be saying something like this. So soon after um, everything that I experienced earlier this year with church. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited about church again. I feel excited to invite people to church again, like the like a prayer meeting. I, I look forward to Saturday mornings knowing that I can come um, just as I am and knowing that I'm going, it's going to be a time where I'm able to meet with the Lord and um, fellowship with others. So um, yeah, I'm so thankful for um, how God has brought me here. And I am just looking forward to getting to know people more. Um, I'm looking forward to being part of a transformative community and um, whatever whatever that might bring. So thank you all. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm so thankful.